This is not about hardware investments. This is not about refreshes. This is not about, I got to wait until better bandwidth is in the properties. This is 4G, 5G, and every one of your guests has the tool in their hand every day. That's why augmented reality for travel and hospitality is a slam dunk. Hello, and welcome to The Modern Hotel. You're presented by Stay Flexi, your all-in-one modern operating system for independent hotels. Each episode, we'll get to know an industry expert, and we'll discuss the latest trends in hospitality to help you, The Modern Hotelier. Welcome to The Modern Hotelier, presented by Stay Flexi. I'm your host, David Malilli. And I'm Steve Karen. Steve, who do we have on the show today? Yeah, David, today we have on Michael Cohen. Michael's an innovative tech leader and a metaverse advisor for the global travel, hospitality, and retail space. Oh, yeah. Welcome to reality, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Michael is uh, he's a metaverse advisor and managing partner at Tech Partner. He's also an advisor and board member for Ugo Virtual and an advisor to the CEO at Messer Schmidt Systems. Previously, Michael was focusing on customer-facing technology and business development with companies like AT&T, Intrail, Angie Hospitality, and Track and Protect. So welcome to the show, Michael. We're happy to have you. It's great to be here. I've really enjoyed what you guys have been doing for the industry uh, in the previous podcast. So it's uh, it's an honor. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. So, so Michael, the format today, we're going to ask you some short questions to get to know you better. We're going to talk about your career, and then we're going to get your insights into trends, what's going on in the industry. All right. So here we go. What was your first job? Wow. My first job was I had that uh, start in the mailroom scenario as a 21-year-old. So that was my first job. And it was in the uh, national advertising company. I wanted to be a copywriter and be a creative. And they had two opportunities. And one was a receptionist and one was as a mailroom clerk, and I all wanted the receptionist job, but they gave me the mail clerk. Was it? I have a follow up. Was it like the mailroom in Elf? I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah, it was pretty close. It's uh, more like the mailroom in the Michael J. Fox uh, movie. I'm trying to remember what it's called again. But yeah, it was. It was. I met everybody <laughs> and learned how to listen. Love it. So, but but back to David's quick quick answers. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm, uh, people tell me to take this out, but I'm going to continue to uh, ask it because I find it fascinating. What's the weirdest thing you've seen in a hotel? Or one of the weirdest things. The weirdest? Yeah. Could be as a guest, could be. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. I once, (laughs) I once in Korea walked into my hotel room and there was a saber with dried blood on it on the bed. (laughs) How's that? That's pretty good. I think you win the prize so far. Who did you admire growing up? I really admired politicians and industry leaders even at a young age, who I realized were international, were open-minded, and kind of built bridges. And it's true. And that's where a lot of what I do, and beyond my father, who was one of those people, by the way, he wasn't a politician, he was an industrialist. Yeah. You could take one person, dead or alive, to lunch, who would it be? Hank Greenberg. Who's Hank? Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, he, he's a Hall of Fame, Detroit Tigers Hall of oh. Fame player, and... Uh, my last name is Cohen, which you may know is of the Jewish persuasion, and he was uh, incredibly successful. He was the Babe Ruth, another Babe Ruth of this era, but he dealt with a lot of challenges because of his background. Best piece of advice you've ever received? I try to remember it every day. It's hard to do. It's more important to listen than to talk. Right. And people who know me know that that's a challenge sometimes. What's on your bucket list? Yeah, my bucket list has got smaller, thank goodness, over the years. I have to think about this. I would like to travel the world like I did when I was 19 years old, meaning with a backpack and seeing the world from that level again, that level of granularity, because now we all, some of us travel the world, but we don't see it at that level of impact. Good point. What scares you? The challenges of what's happening in the world, obviously, and the fact that it seems that the divide is growing between right. people's religions, thoughts. It scares me. What's something you wish you were better at? Pure math, like mathematics. This round this is the last one. Who would you rather be? Batman, Superman, or Spider-Man? You get to pick one. I think Spider-Man, because Spider-Man is the most accessible, still a superhero, seems to get the girls more, which is cool, right. uh, less breeding. So that's probably why. 
All right, so now we're going to move to a new section. We're trying it out for the first time, uh, and it's for a good cause. It's going to be a mini version of the final round of Family Feud. I'm going to ask you three questions. If you get the number one answer in each question, Stay Flexi will donate, and myself will donate $100 to the charity of your choice. Are you ready? you got 20 seconds. Wow. And you've got to answer these questions. Ready? Okay. Name something you might see a commercial for during a baseball game. Beer. What's something you keep in your car just in case? Umbrella. Name a professional sport where players make a lot of money. Soccer? Yeah, football. Okay. Soccer, football. Uh, what was the first answer, Steve? Beer. That was on the list, but that was actually four out of 100 people said beer. The number one answer was car or truck. That surprised me. What was the answer for something you keep in your car? Umbrella. Umbrella is not on there. Number one answer is money or coins. Number two is food or water. Now the next one is name a professional sport where players make a lot of money. The answer was? Football. F-U-T. Football. Not F-O-O-T. Oh, Okay. Soccer. Well, actually, either, either one, one yeah, whichever is higher. <laughs> <laughs> what, how did he answer? Because it's they, they're both on there. You got to pick one. It's a North American focus thing. I would say basketball. Okay, basketball. I'll change. Number two answer, twenty-seven response. Number one answer was American football, soccer, or football. Oh. European football was had. I seven. was right. So that's it. So that concludes that. So we have fun. So we didn't, but I personally will donate fifty dollars to the charity of your choice. We'll we'll connect Go. after the show. Thanks. I will match that. Thank you very much, Steve. Awesome. Awesome. So now, you know, Michael, I want to get to know you a little bit better here. Find out what makes you tick. Where'd you grow up? Where were you born? So I'm a Canadian and I play an American on television. (laughs) And I was born in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So je parle français aussi, but um, I'm an English Canadian born in the great city of Montreal, one of the greatest cities in the world. How did growing up in Montreal shape you as the human you are today? Well, one of the important considerations is that it is a bilingual mixed cultural city. And it's probably the most European-ish city in North America. So I had the, op- the good fortune and opportunity to have a more open and I had a lot of cultural inputs and influences and so on. And uh, being multilingual is interesting. It's a, it's a good thing. Let's be clear. It's a good thing. It helps with you know brain development, and um, it has never been a, a negative that I had some facility with multi uh, languages and cultures. Awesome, awesome. There was one thing you could tell the eighteen-year-old Michael. What what would you tell him? Well, that's a heavy one. What I would tell him is to enjoy each experience. Sometimes not so great, but still try to get something out of them. Enjoy every experience, significant experience, deeply. Because life moves fast. Things are, you know, things cascade. That That's what I would say is, is, you know, take more time to really appreciate or digest the things that are happening in your life. And you'll you'll have even more, um, a more of a rich experience. Awesome. Awesome. And, and you went to the University of Toronto, correct? Yeah. Were you involved in any clubs there? Any any extracurricular activities that that I guess you can share on the podcast? <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, remember, I uh, I didn't go to ASU, so I didn't have that kind. Of, I love right. extracurricular activity. I actually got education, but uh, what really was interesting is well, I was involved in sports, which many of us are. I was a rugby player, so that was interesting because you know got the, you know, what kicked out of you and you had to learn how to adapt and survive. And, you know, I was, the great thing is, is I may not be the biggest guy, but I'm one of the fastest. I was one of the fastest all the time. And that's helped me in my life in many different scenarios. So really, really good. But but a lot of it was, um, interestingly, was early tech. I wasn't in the geeky kind of tech world. I was just really interested in tech. And there's a lot of clubs and computer clubs and chess clubs, which I, I had an entry into that more technical world at an early age, socially. So I was like a bridge between that world sometimes and maybe the more socially comfortable side of the university. 
experience. So you you fit in multiple groups. You know, you had your rugby team, it looks like, yes. and then you had kind of your tech focused friends and group as well. And, and Steve, that's that that's been my entire experience. Is I've always been, I've always had a foot in multiple groups, worlds, scenarios. You know, that's really sort of where how I developed who I am. Hopefully, in a good way. And uh, it's 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 been really an, an interesting life so far. So we've all had them. Professionally, so your biggest, in your opinion, professional failure. What was it, and what did you learn from that? That's why it's better being here than over well, there. Well, I've been, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen, I, you know, what's interesting about my career and how everyone's career defines them in some way and molds them in some way is I had the opportunity to, to in multiple occasions so far, to be entrepreneur, startup, senior vice presidents directors of, you know, $10 billion year companies as one of the 57 directors of that company. I don't want to overdo it. And what I, what I, what the biggest learning experience of the failure was, you know, it's great when you get to grow your business. It's great when you get to scale something. It's, it's, you learn a lot when you sell your business, which I've had the pleasure in the past, but it's really, you learn the most when you owe your mother-in-law $375,000 because it didn't work out. You know, the good, you learn a lot. You learn a lot more from the challenge. And, you know, as they say, it's overused, but failure needs to be respected. And failure needs to be, you need to almost, almost push for it at the right time in your life, because that's where you're going to learn the most. And I know it's an old adage and everyone says that, but I'm one of the people like you guys, I'm sure, who's lived through that challenge and the prosperity that came out of that. And it really does seem with certain individuals, the ones who are afraid to fail often fail because of that, because they weren't able to do what they thought might be risky, even though they knew in their gut it was the right thing to do, but it wasn't safe. So the mother-in-law, I borrowed money from my father, things of that nature where, you know, you got to get up the the nerve to ask for that, but a lot of people don't. And then they, they fail as a result as the, the, the unwillingness to take that risk. Yeah. I, I think just to wrap up this thought is intelligent risk. Is a skill as well as a mindset. And that's in corporate life, that's in entrepreneurial life, that's in your personal life. It's you know, intelligent risk, having the ability to pull the trigger intelligently. And and Michael, if I came to visit you, what would we be we'd be doing on the weekend? What do you like to do? We would go to a ball game, we would we would definitely go to cottage, we'd hang out on a deck, we'd we drink incredible Italian beautiful wine that doesn't have to be $300 a bottle. If you know what you're doing, we would enjoy a wonderful barbecue. I love that. What's your baseball team? It's a San Francisco Giants, even though I'm based in Toronto. And But as, an, as a Canadian player who plays an American on television, it's the Giants, baby. Awesome. You know, now I'd like to learn a little bit. We'd like to learn a little bit more about your career. Uh, kind of. Well, this is where we can get, dive into a little bit more about the metaverse as well. First, I want to touch base. You know, you were in hospitality for for quite a few years before you kind of focus more on the metaverse, and you worked for quite a few different technology companies in that space: AT and T, Angie Hospitality, Track and Protect. Are you surprised where technology is in hospitality right now? Did you think we'd be further ahead or did you think, you know, we're kind of right where we should be or do you think we're a little behind? I'm a big proponent of it is what it is. So all of us go to high tech, all of us who are watching this podcast, you know, many of us know what that is. There's HFTP, there's HTNG, and there's other international organizations that many of us are involved in, have presented at. I've spoken at some, been a mentor at some. We are where we are. Meaning that technology overall is a runaway train. How fast the train is, how slow the train is, what other mitigating factors have contributed to where the train is and its location and its path, that's a different conversation. But you know, I've been in I'm still definitely heavily in the hospitality technology space. That's why, you know, this metaverse and XR leadership that I'm involved in now, that's very, you're right, you're right, Steve, that, that's a wider portfolio. I work with a lot of different organizations, companies, brands that are outside of travel and hospitality, perhaps, but my core, my home, my love is still travel and hospitality. And what's wonderful is that everything that I and many more, more intelligent people than I 
are involved in and are commercializing, which is important, not just developing, it's incredibly relevant to the travel hospitality space. So 20 years in general, and now hopefully the next 10 or 15 years with this hybrid blended scenario of, you know, hospitality technology with a deep focus and facilitation of the metaverse and VR and AR with the hospitality as well. And, and I think you hit it right the nail on the head. We had Dr. Jeffrey O, the CEO of uh, St. Justine Hotels and Residences on. And he said, technology is like a train. You're either in it or you're in front of it. And I, if I misquoted him, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that was that's a gist of it. That's another I, way I of putting it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you make that change? Or what was it? Was there a was there a point where you decided to really make that transition? You know, I guess you didn't make a transition, but I guess more to focus on the metaverse, this this XR space. Was there a turning point or something specific that made you kind of go in there? Sure. Five years ago. So, you know, in, in the metaverse world, that's 50 years ago. So five years ago, I really identified and saw the potential, which is obvious, maybe to some, but to people like me, it was quite obvious, but also the freedom and the impact and the ability to join everyone in the world. And that sounds very, you know, professorial to say or something, you know, because I had earned my chops for 20 years in the travel and hospitality tech space, everything that we all do in that space is about connectivity. And it is, it's about scale. It's about guest services. It's about organizational optimization and so on. But then I realized this is so interesting. You know, this technology, this technologies, this basket technologies, I I really kind of, it really uh, resonated with me that it was the way to join a thousand points of light. The world is made up of thousand, thousands of points of light, whatever you want, whatever that metaphor means to you. And XR technology, virtual technology, the metaverse is the foundation and the hub, technological hub, to join these thousand points of light. And so that means geographic, you know, disparate geographic locations and people. It means, you know, distributing content and interactive experiences. It means telehealth. It means I just spent four hours this week already in meetings. <laughs> and they are very productive, very uh, impactful. They have real results and they feel very close to being in person. It's not the same. It doesn't have to be the same. So Steve, to answer your question, I really saw a, a wonderful, exciting opportunity to delve into this space where I had a lot of interest, a lot of love, some great people. I met some great people, which I'll talk about I think I should talk about as well in hospitality, but you know, business and technology is not about products. It's not even about innovation. It's still about people. And I was very lucky to be in this amazing global travel and hospitality space where I've met so many and interacted and worked with and worked for incredible people like Carson Booth, Doug Rice, Florian Galini, Harminder from sure, Track yeah. Tech. I mean, these are these are really interesting people. And many, many more who I've had this kind of ability to dialogue with, to learn from, to to help with, to engage, and all that I still feel is entirely applicable in a much wider world now. Over the last five years, that I've appended to my travel and hospitality family. We're going to start a run of metaverse questions, but before that, if I were to say, Michael, I want you to pick up the phone. Here's my mother. What is what is the metaverse? Just short, quick. What is it? Okay. Mrs. Malili, you you brought up a wonderful <laughs> The metaverse is simply a word, a catch-all, that incorporates all of the technologies and all of the content, like you watch on Netflix or you experience in video in different scenarios and audio different scenarios. And in now you know you you've been interacting with your grandchildren on Zoom, all these things, these these flows of information and entertainment and content and interaction, now there's a digital twin. It's a digital twin. It simulates in a very high level. It's immersive, which means that you're all in. So you feel like you're there. You feel like you're interacting. That's how I would explain it to your mother. Okay. And then I'd ask her for like (laughs) her 
spaghetti and meatballs yeah. recipe or something. Maybe that would be a good choice. Or lasagna. Lasagna. So far, how have you seen it changing travel, hospitality, the metaverse? I mean, we see a lot of stuff on LinkedIn. How do you how do you take what's happening, and what how's it changing? Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to start with a negative because that's interesting. I've also I've seen and we know and, pe- and people are watching this and they have opinions and they're and that's great. We need to have dialogue. It's fascinating how it's deemed somewhat negative by some people within the travel and hospitality mm-hmm. industry. How it's somehow going to detract from the core businesses and the core experiences. And what it, what I've feel and what I've clearly um, experienced and others in our industry and in the general XR metaverse industry, the refinement of what the metaverse is, the refinement of what immersive VR versus augmented reality, which is a layer on the world. And I'll explain that a little bit if if I have time today. They are enhancing travel and hospitality. They're expanding it. They're scaling it. And frankly, they're doing it in a very low asset investment, low risk scenario for traditional hospitality and travel companies. Interesting. So I believe, and I'll I'll talk about that this today potentially, that there are obviously some scenarios, some areas of impact in guest services, guest engagement, in marketing and, you know, sales, and in the back of the house in operations that are incredible relevant, impactful, revenue generating and overhead minimizing technologies, platforms, and services that if they are well aligned with the core principles and core implementation of what travel and hospitality is for the last 75 years, it's only upside for the industry. Absolutely. No, it's a good, it's a good answer. I mean, I think it's, it's also just with the, the the generations. I mean, so my 14-year-old has this, you know, his Oculus headset on for whatever, for a couple hours a day. He's used to that. And I think that, you know, we're, we're an industry that we we need people like yourself who are continually reminding people that we must adapt and change and embrace what's going on outside of hotels because we're an old industry and we're, you know, we're behind airlines, which are behind all tech companies. So I think it's just, it's, it's, it's well said. Yeah. And, and look, if, if this is an appropriate scenario or time in this, in this uh, podcast to talk about some specific examples, I'm happy to do that. So look, a brand has, is building a hotel in Chicago. The first, you know, 11 floors are the hotel and they are making their investment because the final four floors on the top of this amazing new hotel are condominiums. They're upper scale luxury condominiums. The ability to have a digital twin of these condos in an environment where, this is important, sure, a client has one of these, fine, that's a mitigating gated interaction, but they definitely got one of these. There is clear, well-developed, well-executed, well-distributed technology that some leading-edge people in, our, in the travel hospitality space are already utilizing, where a Hong Kong family can be interacting and experiencing a immersive experience in the Chicago condo of their choice, and they will sign on to buy it sight unseen. Wow. Of course, it's not sight unseen. It's physically sight unseen. This is just one of 50 different scenarios of travel and hospitality that, again, expands the reach, drives growth, and is sustainable and efficient, and it's optimized. And, you know, there are things starts to go. Oh, no, I just was going to ask if people are doing that right now. Are people, I mean, the real estate market is yes. crazy as it is, right? So are people actually touring properties and buying them with only seeing them on the metaverse. Yes. And I'm consulting with organizations that are doing that and they've been doing it for the last 18 months. So that's just one, you know, I really try to do real world examples that are relevant to your audience, some of our peers that make it just clear that you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. It should be in your 
toolbox. Right. Put it in your toolbox. The metaverse and virtual reality and meta reality need to be in your toolbox as a travel and hospitality brand ownership executive, hospitality technology executive, someone who's involved in marketing and social media. I mean, so all these things are happening in general, but it's it's 2022. It's not 2017. In our industry, we need right. to sometimes remind ourselves once in a while about that. So one other scenario that I think is really important, specifically to the travel and hospitality space, is, okay, so augmented reality, people hopefully, and they will further understand, it's more about this, which is it's a innovative overlay of information and experience and activations on the physical world. What is tremendous application, it's not even a case study, it's like a blinding example of the obvious of how metaverse, which is more of a destination, I'll talk about that in a second, but how virtual and augmented reality and the metaverse can, can impact travel and hospitality. There is technology that I'm involved in from a consulting perspective, from an advising perspective, and just from a, you know, love it perspective, uh, from, I'm a fan, which is geolocated augmented reality. So now we're talking about geo GPS pinpoint to the centimeter. We can pin and deploy guest experience enhancers, promotional marketing materials for a, a resort or a property, on property, in the parking lot, at the pool, in the theme park, in the, in the supermarket or the shopping mall, two kilometers away from the hotel that would drive traffic. It's pinpoint and it's all metrics and trackable. So that's just another example of this, you know, this toolkit of which is XR, augmented reality, virtual reality. Can you give us a specific example on that? Like how a hotel could really use that? I know you kind of gave out a few, few, but just something really specific sure. about that. Because I really like this and I think it's such a, like the AR space I think is awesome. So yeah, I, I have a couple of real specific examples for, let, let, let's go threefold. Perfect. There's literally, you know, demand gen marketing, which is location yep. based. Okay. Then there is front of the house. And there is back of those. Okay. So location-based is literally, I am in a high traffic area in Las Vegas, or I'm in a, you know, I'm in some area where I now, because Google said I can use this to walk around and I have much more of an immersive overlay on the strip. So that's now Google or one of the, you know, the, the macro implementers are implementing this layer of engagement, messaging, knowledge, information in the general area I'm in. But I'm walking along and Bally's or Caesars has an activation that I have the ability, like, whoa, I pop into it or it's sent to me because right. they know my location. So I get a link and I just click on the link as long as I'm pointing at, at the building. And it's this incredible experience of 3d object it could be a marketing content that is now i'm seeing through the my eye which is this my virtual uh -huh. eye suddenly i'm like whoa okay i'm going here <laughs> <laughs> so that's an example of geolocated outdoor hospitality marketing demand gen education etc now imagine in a guest room imagine a lobby an augmented reality overlay when I walk in the lobby or I walk in my guest room, and maybe it's an upper scale guest room with a lot of hospitality technology that's going to be, that's continues to be commercialized at high tech, you know, in late June in Orlando. And I want to see what's available and how to use it all. I walk around the room like this, and all this content is popping up. This is you know, get the most out of this amazing IPTV solution. Get the most out of, you know, this guest room management system. Here's how you, you know, create an environmental perfect for you. Join our VIP club. Replacing or augmenting the printed materials inside of the guest room with, uh, with augmented reality overlays that are triggered by either a QR code or a symbol or an object in the guest room in some sort of printed material. And everything, by the way, is trackable and refreshable remotely in the cloud. How much better is that than that giant book that sits in the hotel room that you know you can well, page through, right? I mean, it, I mean, this is this is a lot I more mean, sustainable. It's a lot more tech focused, and it's yes. you know kind of speaking to 
you know, maybe your, your current hotel guest. Well, and the other thing that's super important is this is not about leading edge technology. This is happening in retail, in sporting, you know, arenas, everywhere around the world. This is proven, absolutely proven technology that, you know, over the last three or four years is like, it, you know, it's exploding in its impact and its scalability, but it's prime time. And I'm enjoying the ability to share that with particular clients and people like yourselves in the travel and hospitality space, but it's not an experiment. It's not high risk. It's, it's very well implemented in other vertical markets already, which is important for people in, our, in the travel and hospitality space to understand. The last thing I just want to say about this in specific to augmented reality for a second is this is not about hardware investments. This is not about refreshes. This is not about, I got to wait until, you know, better bandwidth is in the properties. This is 4G, 5G, and every one of your guests has the tool in their hand every day. That's why augmented reality for travel and hospitality is a slam dunk. You just have to do it right, and you got to implement it correctly, and it's got to be trackable and have metrics and deliver guest satisfaction and ROI, like any other technology. So we talked a lot about the hotel marketing guest. I think you said it, but I don't think we really covered it. So how do you see this helping the back of the house as far as when it comes to hotels? Excellent. The biggest challenge from my experience over the years of back of the house operations is turnover, staff issues. The ability to cost effectively in an optimized way with shorter training cycles, train staff to do things the way the brand or the operator or the right way, whatever the terminology, to do stuff is huge. It's a massive evergreen play. It's incredibly relevant to the profitability, to the optimization of of the property or the brand's portfolio. So, you know, virtual, virtual immersive training, the ability to have repetitive tasks or optimized tasks, or simply, you know, here is, David, help me out, the SOPs. Yeah. Is that right? Standard operating operating procedures. The SOPs. All SOPs that are relevant, which is most of them, will be and should be transitioned into virtual SOP training. When there's some sort of either a knowledge transfer or some experiential training that has to happen, you can do that before they come to the property. You provide them with the device and they do it at home. And you say, please complete these training courses before you come. And we're going to fine tune things when you're on property. And that's really interesting. Here's an augmented reality execution that is very powerful. In hospitality, from an operations perspective, engineering and so on, every hotel is a snowflake. We've all learned that in our careers. People say, oh, I got a 300 hotel deal. It's going to go great. In six months, we're going to deploy it. Wrong. Every hotel is a snowflake, meaning that every hotel has its idiosyncrasies. It has its fingerprint. Joe or Sally, who's been the engineering manager for 15 years at the uh, Mary Marquis Times Square, knows that when winter gets really cold in New York City, you got to go down to the boiler, you got to kick it twice, and you got to turn the lever three (laughs) times to the right, or it's not going to heat the hotel correct. They know that. They got a new job. They transitioned somewhere else. They retired. And that, I'm using a pejorative example, but that knowledge is now gone. With augmented reality, you can add a a virtual sticky note or a information poster all over, everywhere. The pipes, the, the whole physical planet could have all these very important kernels of organized, efficient, authorized content, but it's all there. Not in reality. It's not going to be torn. It's not going to get discolored, but it's all there. So then when the new engineering manager comes, the operations manager walks them around and they, and they go, oh, now remember, and they have the whole information related to that particular nuance or idiosyncrasy, as an example, of the physical plan of the hotel. It's now there, memorialized. And it could be, it could have video embedded. It could have audio embedded. It's fully multimedia but it's all driven on an augmented reality point. So I, How's that? That's great. So I have a personal challenge for you. So sure. 
At High Tech, obviously the Modern Hotelier is presented by Stay Flexi. Stay Flexi will have a booth there. Steve and I will be sure. interviewing individuals Wednesday afternoon and I'm sorry, Tuesday and Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I was thinking Wednesday because I'm I was saying I would like for you to join us and tell us that you've identified a company that is open to using new technology in that side of it because it seems as if when you walk around high tech, it's all about just a training video. And we talk about retention, but we really don't focus on retention. We think retention is just the training piece, but these are extremely important components because again, yeah, if you're a new maid and you're in the bathroom and you're trying to remember how do I fold the towel or where do I put this or that, if you can just get that information without having to go get a supervisor. So that's my challenge to you. We'd like you to be on Wednesday afternoon and tell us that you've identified a company that you think you're going to work with and be the first to do this. Well, I, I, I love what I do. I love high tech. And uh, I will take that okay. check. Awesome, awesome. I have a follow up question here, and this is probably more sure. more. I, I'm just curious because I'm I like NFTs and stuff like that. But that's a big thing right now is NFTs, and I know they're not doing well. That's okay. But how can NFTs play a role into this metaverse and XR space sure. as well? If it's okay, Steve, I'm really fast. We hadn't really talked about the metaverse too much. So go let me for just it. go back to the metaverse and because it's related yes, to absolutely. NFTs and blockchain, et cetera. So for people then to, if it's okay, people to understand, yeah. people to to get some context. The metaverse is a, usually perceived as it's everything, it's everywhere. The metaverse can be many things, of course. It's a destination, so it's a immersive community. It's in travel and hospitality. There's significant plays in a digital twin scenario, which means that it's an appended, it's an add-on, it's a it's a expanded experience that adds value pre present and post really important the metaverse adds pre which is you know about interaction with a property hotel etc a location where i want to you know understand what i'm what i'm why i'm choosing it why it's better how is it going to be as you said david you know millennials and gen x they pre-experience everything in their life there's a, unfortunately there's a little less mystery in life right. now for those consumers but that's important for travel and hospitality to do it. So from a metaverse perspective, think about digital twin, think about that. But also it's about community, okay? It's about a destination that's fully immersive and incorporates things like blockchain, which is, as people may know or may not know, which is very intelligent, secure financial infrastructure that is tied around digital transactions and optimization of those. NFTs, non-fungible tokens, we, you've heard it everywhere because it's a craze. It's like, you know, it's the tulip investing craze in <laughs> Holland in the 1400s, whatever. What NFTs are great for is being the, trying to get this right, being the bouncer at an amazing party. In hospitality, meaning, you know, access, exclusivity, community, membership. If I'm a loyalty member of a major brand, there, there is going to be, and there is coming, and there should be some sort of NFT experience. So if I'm a VIP, if I'm a, a platinum, a gold, or a bronze, I have a different NFT as part of my experience. I get value. Super important. If I if I give if I impart anything today from what we're talking about in the metaverse, what we're talking about in NFTs, we're talking about in augmented or virtual reality. It has everything has to have utility drive engagement, and expand and enhance loyalty. Everything's about utility, engagement, and loyalty. Now, if I said that to people in the travel and hospitality space 25 years ago about, there's a new widget coming. It's going to be very highly utilized. It's going to create a lot of efficiencies. It's going to drive engagement both on your you know, guest engagement on your marketing, your brand portfolio, and it's going to increase the loyalty of your customers, your guests, or your citizens. And that's an interesting word. They would say, yes, sign me up. Right. So here's the deal. If the, there's a filter that everyone in a travel hospitality space that has interest in what we're talking about today, you need to use the filter. I do it every day and I do it with my clients as a management consultant. Does it provide utility? Does it drive engagement? Does it increase loyalty? It's a cocktail napkin filter, but it's killer. And if it doesn't do those three things, like in a 
easy to understand, fairly linear process where you can communicate that to your other, you know, decision makers, the CEO, the board, don't start the project. Is there something you've seen in the metaverse that you're like mind blown or that you just thought was so cool or else something that is maybe coming up in the metaverse or I'll even say XR, NFTs, whatever, that whole space that sure, you're sure, really sure. excited about? So that's a whole, you got to sign up for another hour. <laughs> but, um, here we go. I really think holographic, the ability to experience. So when I'm sitting at the pool in Las Vegas, in one of those great pool experiences, obviously Vegas is a, can identify in some way. Definitely David can. The pool experience and so on. I can, you know, message a friend. They could holographic in and lie or sit next to me and we, and they could have a visual and somewhat of an experiential experience of exactly what I'm experiencing. That's, you know, so this digital twin concept again, this right. ability to travel and experience things. Because here's the other thing, to the folks who may be watching, and it's, it's, it's high respected in our industry, travel and hospitality industry, who may feel, again, this is hype or this is, you know, somehow detracting from traditional business. How can it be bad when someone gets a taste of what you've invested in from a design, operations, sure. guest experience perspective? And go, you know, that was great, but I really want to be there. I want to bring my wife there. I want to, I want to be there as live. And it, it so differentiates your location, brand, and everything else, experience from others. But that's one of the things, Steve, I think it's really to, to choose one of 20 things that I think are really exciting. That's one that I think is tremendous. Awesome. I'll have some more to talk about that at high tech when I'm there and a couple of things and there's some meetings and people I'll be talking to. But yeah, the geolocation augmented reality is tremendous. And, you know, that old adage, people say, your imagination is the limit. Well, in this scenario, it almost is. Because what you can do with all these different technologies and to create content and activations and engagement materials is really endless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. I, I, you know, I think you gave a great overview of the metaverse and XR and even NFTs as well. So I think, I think that's great. Moving on to the last section here, kind of just, uh, you know, your, your industry thoughts. First of all, I just want to, what's your advice for somebody who is either starting out in the hospitality space or I'll even throw out the tech space as well for you? Well, first of all, I think that the hospitality space is probably one of the best, and many people have said this before, one of the best industries for anyone who has an interest in business, commerce, marketing, IT. It's a tremendous industry to start your career because you're not going to start your career in a glamorous environment. You're going to start your career, as we all know, being the bellboy at the you know Holiday Inn in St. Louis. And but you're going to learn about people, how to communicate, how to listen to customers, how to stay within your SOPs and deliver great service. And those kind of um, skill sets which are the, some of them are soft skills that people talk about or emotional intelligence, which is very important in any career. Those are transferable and those, those put you at a much higher level, in my opinion, even than someone who maybe has an MBA who's popping out. Sure. They have, I respect it. And many of us have done it and, and so on. But if you can do both, that's great. But let's say you can't, it's, it's a tremendous step forward. It provides you with a great advantage and a skill set that will only help and expand over time. As I said earlier, you know, business is about people, it's about relationships. It's not about money. It's not about technology. It's not about services. It's not about uh, finance. It's not about the board of directors. Those are all very important components. They're they're linchpins. But it's about people, communication, empathy, execution, trust. Those are things you learn in hospitality. And the best people in hospitality who've been in the hospitality uh, industry the longest usually are supreme those attributes. Yeah, it's been, it's been great for us because we've asked that question of, I think, everybody we've had on. And, you know, the, the core, a lot of times, it just does come to that, down to that, the, the people. And, you know, and for me, it was always about, you know, I got to work many, many jobs in a hotel. And that really kind of made me have a much better feel for 
the hotel as a, almost as a human being, like all the different components. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. it's interesting. It be because, because it is, it's, a, it's like a living entity yeah. in many ways. Right. And, and, and the staff and the guests. So it's, it's, it's that uh, symbiotic relationship too. Yeah. That's like the oxygen flowing through the property. Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've covered a lot. So if you, so when you look at metaverse, AR, VR, if you were sitting down with a, a hotel or someone who was in mm-hmm. charge of operations for a hotel group, what would be kind of your first suggestion, the first step for them to really enhance the guest experience? Like where, you know, because you know how our industry is, they, nobody is usually all in. It's usually always like, how do we pilot this? How do we test it? How do we dip our toe Increment. in the water? Yeah, what would be the first thing to improve the guest experience that you think uh, a hotel would look should look at? And it could be any one of those, those three or a combination. Okay. Just a quick qualifying suggestion. It depends on the nature of the hotel. So if it's yeah. a full service business hotel versus you know sure. a limited service That's fair. consumer hotel. Let, let's talk about in the full service business oriented property. The meeting spaces, the meeting spaces, small meetings. I'm not, I'm not talking about conventions either. I'm talking right. about like that, that wonderful meat and potatoes of the revenue stream with that drives F&B and everything else. The ability to take, you know, what's happening in, and some people may have seen a LinkedIn. I've done some videos about this whole virtual workroom meeting type environment. This is not about conventions. This is not about trade shows. This is about day-to-day gatherings, especially now in the distributed workforce environment, which is never going back to 100% where it was before. I am right now recommending and consulting. I will do every business uh, corporate focused property. You need to append, you need to add extension of virtual meeting functionality to your physical corporate meeting spaces today. There's straightforward ways to do that. It's a revenue generator, it's a differentiator, and it expands the impact of of what you're delivering. It's not impeding, it's expanding because it's a hybrid implementation. It's still a 70 to 80% physical uh, focus, but with that 25% virtual VR type experience, and it just drives. So this is not about a Zoom, which is great too. This is but about a deeper immersive experience where people can actually really interact physically or virtually physically interact with CAD designs, products, right. look at you know 3D objects, etc. So that's where I would focus right now. That's impactful today. That's that's doable today. The technology is solid state. It, the prices have dropped dramatically. So I'm recommending and advising on that today. On the other side of the street, which is, you know, the limited service or even full service, but more consumer or pleasure travel scenario, absolutely geolocated AR and in-room AR. The examples I talked about earlier, that is straightforward to execute. It's you work, I work or we work or you would work with your digital marketing, digital communication teams already. The same Photoshop and Adobe design tools they use, a lot of that same skill set is applied to the content that would be created for these engagement and loyalty applications. I'm talking about activations, et cetera. That's where I would totally focus right now. And that's where I'm recommending clients focus today. And, you know, I, I know this might be hard to believe, but I bet you there's a few people out there, maybe a couple, who are a little nervous to get started in this space. Um, sure. What, what advice can you give them or maybe a good starting point that they can, you know, at least get comfortable with this before really diving in? Well, here's, here's, I'll give you a perfect example. What I'm doing with my consulting partners is we're actually providing these headsets as part of the engagement to our travel and hospitality corporate clients. They're meeting with us here. Awesome. (laughs) If the cobbler's kids have holes in their shoes, that's not a good look. (laughs) So what what, what happens is that now these executives and decision makers have an instant comfort level and they start seeing the value. And that's just one, you know, this wide sector we're talking about. I think with Steve, to, to be more direct to your question, I learned a long time ago that it's really, 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 really easy to chunk up, chunk up, chunk up, layer, 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 this technology, that technology, the metaverse, super important to chunk down. So I work with clients to chunk down. Let's identify a gap. Let's identify an opportunity. Then let's 
look to see if there's a an overlay within the metaverse XR that will efficiently fill the gap in a positive way. And Steve, what does it have to do? What's the first thing it has to do? Utility. Drive engagement and loyalty. You wrote down? Oh, yeah. Thank you. There. So if that filter is utilized, but you chunk down as a corporate executive, brand executive, then it's much more bite-sized. Then it's logical. Then they can explain it. I'm not patronizing anybody because it's hard to do. They can explain it in an elevator to the CEO or an investor. Absolutely. Or a guest, by the way, or a closely held corporate client who's looking to give them their contract for $22 million to do all their meetings, small meetings in you know 35 hotels across North America. That's how you do it. Chunk down, you look for gaps, and you see with hopefully you know some people around you who have experience in this new technology arena to align what works and what's realistic and what has mitigated risk. Absolutely. And I, I'm sorry, I have one more question here. Sorry for taking it all, David. But what do you think a day in the metaverse is going to be like in three years? What's like, a, a, I guess you wake up, go to the metaverse, go to a few meetings, go to a conference, maybe play poker with your buddies at the end of the night all on the metaverse. But, you know, that's kind of what I think. But what do you think? Well, look, I mean, um, the metaverse continues to be defined as we know, or hopefully we know. But what's interesting is a lot of, did use the digital twin. It's a great, great way for everyone listening to this. If you use the digital twin methodology in your head, it doesn't mean everything is going to be transitioned, but a lot of it can be, right? So it creates logical pathways intellectually and actually digitally to, you know, what do I want to do? What's really efficient? People will have a portion of their business day in a digital environment, metaverse, or otherwise. There's consumer metaverse. There is private, secure, corporate destination metaverse. There is, you know, ad hoc metaverse, which means I want to drop in, drop out. There's all these different scenarios. So, you know, Steve, five, 10 years ago, if someone said that 67%, because this is the latest uh, quote I saw from Variety, which is the entertainment publication, 67% of all entertainment is streamed. All kinds of entertainment. 67% of the multi, 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 multi billion dollar year entertainment industry is streamed in some way. If 10 years ago someone said that to you, you'd say, what are you talking about? So what I'm telling you is that what's interesting is that entertainment, which is the relaxing part of your day, high portion of that will be in a metaverse environment because you're going to be able to travel digitally, experience digitally. High def is going to be higher def. Immersive technology is going to be more immersive. Big, big, big thing that people are talking about enough, spatial audio. The audio experience is only enhancing. My audio experience at a high def data content concert in the metaverse is intense, but it's incredible because it is optimized. So from an artist perspective, just I know I'm going down a path, okay. but from an artist perspective, I want the best quality delivery of my content. If it's business content, like uh, a meeting scenario, if it's if you know if, if it's an entertainment content, I want optimal delivery of content. Yes, in person is always going to be number one, but two and soon over ten years from now, it's going to be one A. It's going to be virtual metaverse. XR delivery of all this. So from a, to answer your question more specifically, I totally see that half of your day would be in some way, shape or form in a immersive corporate experience or, or small business experience or whatever. Half your day would be, you know, people saying, I need to unplug. Well, we need to unplug now. I mean, Zoom fatigue is Zoom fatigue. I mean, it's life. The other side is, you know, I'm going to be more selective about where I invest in person, for entertainment, for restaurants, for experiences. I'm going to want to pre-experience so much more and enjoy it, okay? So I, I definitely see 50-50 on your daytime, and I see 60-70-30 to on your evenings for some people. All right. Because they're going to say, you know what? I'm really enjoying this, and I can do it in collaboration with my friends. It's a community. 
That's what I see. Yeah, it's interesting. I can see a point. You know, it's kind of funny now where it almost feels weird when somebody wants to call you and not do a video conference and you start to, you can't see their lips moving now. So sometimes it feels like it's tougher to talk. I can't even talk. Tougher to talk on a phone. So I could see a point where someone's saying, what do you mean we're going to do a Zoom? Aren't we going to go to the metaverse? Aren't we going to connect here? Like, w- what are you doing? Yeah. So, and, and and by the way, in, in, in that scenario, I'm just going to use an, a quick analogy that I, I like to use a lot. It's, it's very general, but I think it's relevant. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, you needed to have a bunch of maps in your car when you did, yeah. when you went to, on a long distance trip or you went, you know, for a four hour trip, a multi office, multi corporate, you know, meeting type scenario. Do I need to say any more guys? Come yeah. on. Yeah. So that, that type of efficiency optimization and simply kind of seamlessness, and that's the word, Steve and David, seamlessness from that scenario is being mirrored in other scenarios that we've talked about today. There's a seamless nature to the metaverse, a seamless nature to XR that is only going to enhance and sometimes detract. I mean, I'm not unrealistic. There is something to be said of drinking that great glass of wine, smelling you know, the sea, experiencing uh, a hug in person. That's never going away. But virtual is here to stay. And you know, the metaverse is something that needs to be embraced in whatever level of intensity is comfortable for you as an individual or is important for you as a business. So we're up on the hour now. We're at close to the end. We actually are at the end. But is there one question that you wish we would have asked you or a question you, a point you want to make that you think you don't think you're able to get across so far? Covered a lot. I thought it was good. No, I, 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 I think, I think, you know, you guys gave me a really nice platform and the questions were really, they triggered a lot of great uh, thoughts. And I appreciate that. Well thought out. I think really that's really important is, is that people in the industry Embrace whatever, like I said before, just embrace whatever level you feel is appropriate for you. Don't feel pressure. I'm not trying to patronize anybody, but there's a lot of pushback on sure. things because it's a bit of an unknown. It's, it's, you know, it's another technology hype thing. It's, it's not that. It's the, the train has left the station. And one of my LinkedIn posts recently, I said, you know, this whole digital metaverse, marketing engagement, guest satisfaction, experiential side of things, it's absolutely up the station. So it, it sounds hacky to say, but you need to stay competitive, right. but you need to make decisions that fit you personally or your career or your company. And I'm happy to help. That's a great segue. So we're at the end. So this is where we ask our guests to plug away. Tell us how we can contact you, how we can find you and what you're, sure. what you're going to be doing. I know you'll be at high tech, but tell us what else you've got going on and, and just give us some ways to get to you. Yeah. Look, I'm very, very fortunate that I have the pleasure to work with a lot of great people today and previous. I look forward to the future as well, of course. So I'm a management consultant. I'm an advisor. I advise C-level or VP-level executives in travel and hospitality, consumer packaged goods, other more uh, general business implementations. I'm, I'm on a, there's a couple of podcasts coming out that I will, over the next two months that I will share on LinkedIn. I think it's primarily LinkedIn is, uh, you know, my primary communication platform and uh, a way to interact with folks. So it's Michael C. Cohen on LinkedIn. And uh, that's where I am. I'm very fortunate to work with a team of great people at Ugo Virtual, where I'm an advisor and a board member. Um, very fortunate to work with the great people of Measurement Systems as a CEO advisor to that excellent innovative company in the guest room management space. I'm continually looking for involvement as an investor or a board member or as a consultant for you know appropriate engagements where people feel they want to have me listen, learn, and uh, provide them with content strategies that they can be effective. Well, thank you, Michael. That ends another episode of The Modern Hotelier presented by Stay Flexi. We thank you for being part of it and wish you all the best. Really appreciate it. And by the way, gentlemen, like I said earlier, this is great content overall. I really enjoyed the series. I continue to. Thanks, Michael. Thank Thank you very much. You made it to the end of The Modern Hotelier. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcast. The Modern Hotelier is produced by Make More Media and presented by Stay Flexi. Stay Flexi is your modern operating system for independent hotels. If you're interested in learning more about Stay Flexi, you can go to stayflexi.com 
Or if you'd rather talk to me instead, feel free to shoot me a message on LinkedIn or email me at steve.karen at stayflexi.com. Thanks and have a great day.